I haven't yet worked out how this show's going to work because you refused to prep <laughs> for the show. And, that, and I don't like that. Hello and welcome to episode number one of Analog on Relay FM. Analog is a show that is about the touchy feely side of technology. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined by my co-host, of which I am so happy to say, Mr. Casey Liss. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm good, Casey. I'm so happy this is happening. Yeah, this is a real thing now. It's this is it. This is episode one. Thank you for being a part of Relay, Casey. It means an awful lot to me. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to be a part of it. So basically, analog, yes, it's spelt that way because of the US-UK divide, and we're going to get to that. At some point in the future, we will have an argument about spelling. Um, basically, if, you know, in case you may have missed it or you're just interested, me and Casey both do a bunch of shows about technology. Um, we're both interested in technology and we kind of talk about gadgets a lot, but we don't necessarily talk about, and there aren't a lot of shows about, the sort of the people and the emotions that go into it. Um, and, and on the flip side of this, and one of the reasons that this show, this the idea for this show came around, which was like like a year ago um, or something insane like that when me and you first had this conversation, was that we're both kind of in an interest in point in our lives and in our sort of online careers um i think that there are some parallels that we can both draw at the moment into to where we are and like gaining some sort of popularity um and and with that poses a lot of really interesting things to deal with um and we thought that it might be quite interesting to to explore some of this stuff so like living online personally and living online as like a personality and sort of some of the things that happen therein. Is that a fair explanation of analog? Yeah, I think it is. And it's also going to involve a lot of stuff that's not strictly speaking about two podcasters who are trying to come to terms with being a little more well-known than they once were. I think most of the show, the idea is to talk about stuff that most of our other shows don't talk about, about feelings, about emotions, about... How does it feel when you put something new in the world? How does it feel when you have criticism online? How does it feel when you try to break into a, a group of people online and you're not really accepted? Um, and, and a lot of stuff relating to this new digital world that we're all a part of, it, it kind of changes the landscape. And, and how does that make us feel, the two of us? How do we think it makes people in general feel? How do we handle it? How do we deal with it? How do we leverage these new feelings for doing good? How can we prevent these new feelings from doing bad? It's I, I keep saying feel because I, I guess I subconsciously want to emphasize that the show is not going to be about what's new in the world of tech. We both have other shows that cover those sorts of things. What it's going to be about is how, do, how does technology make us, both you and I and us as a species, feel differently? Well said. Go team. And I think I think the idea, well, my original idea or our original idea or sort of like the impetus of it came from um, that episode of ATP that you did where you spoke about criticism and mm -hmm. it was fantastic. Was it episode 41, I think? It was 41 or 42. We'll put a link in the show notes. It was 41. I just found it on Google. God, you're fast. ATP criticism episode is what I searched for. 
and it came up straight away. Well done. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not the only person to search for that <laughs> term. I, I did wonder when I typed ATP criticism what I was going to get. Yeah, was it really going to be a bunch of people complaining about ATP? Just a picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so so in that episode, to, to catch you up in case you haven't heard it, basically we talked about what is it like to deal with criticism that you receive online. And it was, as with all things in, in my other show, the Accidental Tech Podcast, it was kind of an accidental topic, and it ended up, both Mike and I agreed there was something there, that there, there was something a little special about it, about, in that case, three guys opening up and talking about their feelings. And um, in this show, it's going to be the two of us opening up and talking about our feelings. And we might have a guest here and there. We might not. We'll see how it goes. But it's going to be a lot about talking about things that we don't think a lot of other people discuss. So let's stop talking to everybody else and just talk to each other. All right. So there was something that we thought might, well, I've just done it already. Uh, there's something that, <laughs> that when we were discussing, me and you, Casey, I'm just talking directly to you now. Right. Uh, that we thought might be interesting today, which was the idea of putting something out into the world, um, like a project or some th- some sort of thing that you do. And I think there's a couple of interesting sort of points to that. There is obviously what we've just done with Relay, with this show, I think your show bot is a really interesting, um, and I'm, I'm not doing this to troll you. I think it's a really interesting <laughs> uh, idea in that scenario because it's like a different type of thing, and and the sort of what I consider to be horrible way that you're treated every week um, by the <laughs> listeners of ATP, uh, and and I think that there's some interesting ideas in some of this stuff, but like. And I also, today I recorded episode one of Inquisitive and I spoke to your co-host Marco Armin and we spoke about um, Overcast mm-hmm. and sort of him putting that out into the world as well. So it's a topic that's kind of front of mind for me right now because me and Stephen have been working on Relay for a long time. Um, I've had ideas in my head of this sort of thing for even longer and it's a real interesting feeling doing this sort of thing so like i'm on the precipice right now of putting relay out like when we record this we're like three days away um before we we push the button so we're like right on the edge right now i mean and it's kind of been an interesting staged approach for me because i kind of left five by five and then we announced relay last week and now we're launching it so i've kind of the idea of the, like the putting the, the the putting something out there has kind of happened over three different occasions for me, because the leaving five by five I think was probably the one out of the three that I'll be the most scared of, uh, like from like a nerves feeling because that was a real. Big well, what, what makes that thing. scary? Well, I didn't know how how it was going to be taken. Like I didn't know how people would feel about it. Like it could it could have been a case of like everybody was just collectively was like, well, we'll just ignore everything he ever does now. Um, and also, like I knew I was going into this time period of like n- not doing anything for a while. You know, we'd, I'd made the decision to take about a month before doing anything. I was really ambiguous because I didn't want to ruin anything because um, there was so much still that we had to work on and we didn't even know if it would be ready. Um, but also, it was like it was just it just felt like it carried a lot of weight to it like five by five has been a big part of my life for the past few years um and leaving that was a very emotional thing anyway um let alone having to then do it in front of thousands of people 
Mm-hmm. You know, and and also like the way that we did it, it was like it was going to be one more week of shows, so it kind of felt like a cross between like a death march and a uh, like a um what what a when you run a race and you win, what do you call it? The lap, the final lap. Oh, the victory lap. Victory lap. It was mm-hmm. yeah, it was like a combination between like a victory lap and a death march. It was so weird doing those last shows. So like that whole experience was like a real strange feeling, and and um, I mean, in theory, it should feel the worst out of the three because it's not the one with the happy part to it, you know. All right. With the happy part being like, here's this amazing thing I've been working on. But that was like a really strange thing, and like this this whole situation of relay has kind of have been has been like that for me because it's been like this roller coaster of emotions. Like when I uh, when I announced the five by five thing, I had no idea how it was going to be, and that was one of the weirdest days of my life. Like it was, I was just inundated with tweets and emails from people, which was fantastic, but so um, just so strange. It was just such a strange thing. So what made it strange? Is there any way to to describe that? So in my sort of, it, it kind of went as well as I could have dreamed that it could have gone. Like everyone was, I was like, it was so supportive and I went on quit with Dan and that was really good. And, you know, he was really, really nice about me and stuff. And that was a great feeling, and you know, because um, he had every right to kind of hate me, but he didn't and he's been nothing but supportive and, and that sort of thing. And that was, you know, when we we had the great show together, and and uh, but like more than more than anything, it was just like the the like one to one, but public outcry of people, like on Twitter and via email and stuff like that. And like I'd imagined in my sort of wildest dreams that people would be really nice, and I'd get lots of messages. But when it happened, it was kind of just like overwhelming, mm-hmm. because it was. I I think I announced it at like 10 a.m. U.S. time, and that was kind of like three o'clock for me or something, something along one of those sort of times. I think it was about my 3 p.m. actually, 3, 4 p.m. I did it. I was going through Twitter until like 8 p.m. that night because I responded to everything. It felt like the right thing to do at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this constant, like... Every time I would like get ten tweets up, there'd be like another fifteen, and I was just going through and going through and going through, and it was just like this, all this nice stuff being said to me, and it was all kind of just like it could it could only just wash over me, because I couldn't take any time to sit and think about it. Like you know, if you get a nice email, like if you get a nice email on a random Tuesday afternoon, you can read it and be like, oh, that was really nice. But all of these things, it was just like this wa- wa- wave of niceness. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> I can't like sit and savor any of these. Right. It was the same as like, what ones do I favorite? <laughs> so do you have like 35,000 favorites after that day? It's something like that. I, I, I remember tweeting on the day, I was like, I wish I could just favorite everything. Right. But it was so hard to be just like to automatically just go like fave them all. Mm-hmm. You just sitting there, and you're going through, and you're like replying, like thanks to this one. Are you saying something more to this one? Are you sending a heart emoji to this one? And like, it was just this really, really strange kind of feeling. And 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 I think from the idea of like putting something out, it's not really putting a project out, but putting like some emotions out. It was like that's what that day was, and it was it just kind of a strange, just a really strange day. So in what I think you're saying, having not been there 
you know, physically or literally um, to, to experience it with you. It almost sounds like you got yourself so worked up about what you expected the reaction to be that when it came and it was, it sounds near universally positive. Is that reasonable to say? Yeah. So when it came and you had this overwhelming positive feedback, you had spent so much time agonizing over the decision that even overwhelming positive feedback, it almost didn't sink in. Is that is that reasonable to say? I hadn't thought of it that way, but that actually sounds really accurate. I mean, I think you know me well enough to know that I agonize over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that was probably the way it was going. Like I was like, well, it's all going to go wrong. And it was funny, right? I don't, I don't know if I've said this. But so I originally kind of I like I have my blog post out and I sent a tweet and then I sent another tweet with my blog post. Right. So one tweet was like, I'm leaving five by five on the 16th of July. And then I was like, you know, I've written a blog post about it here. And then a few minutes went by and it was nothing. <laughs> and I was like, that's oh. uncomfortable. I was like, huh. And then it was like one tweet came through. So I was like, good luck. And I was like. Thanks. Is this it? Like, there was this point where I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I have like grossly overestimated myself. Even my worst dreams like weren't like this. I was at least getting some reaction from people. (laughs) Right. It would have been better if everyone was like, oh my God, what's going on? You jerk. This is terrible. But I was like, no one cares about you, Hurley. Go away. Like, you know, anything like that. But it was like, this was nothing. And I was like, Hmm. And the best part is really if when that it. happens and you're and you realize well I mean obviously it changed but for that mo- few minutes when you thought the world was going to explode and it's just crickets then you can or if you're me anyway I would be I would be thinking to myself well wow, don't you think you're so special and now look yeah. what happened it, all of that angst and all yep. of that worry it was for nothing cuz nobody gives a crap about you I felt embarrassed Yeah oh yeah because I was like oh so <laughs> Yeah, you you didn't even consider this as an option, <laughs> did you? Look at your ego now. And it was right. that sort of feeling. And I've been thinking a lot about that, actually, over the last couple of weeks. Like, especially in gearing up to this show and, and wondering, because there is that same sort of thought in my mind that people are going to listen to this and just be like, listen to these guys' first world problems. <laughs> uh, and there probably will be quite an element of that, but I still, I, I still, in my heart of hearts, hope that people will find it interesting anyway. But... I think, if anything, just to listen to me and you talk. Um, right. Well, but the thing of it is, is that the scale may be different for you. It might be maybe a few thousand, tens of thousands, or maybe even a couple hundred thousand people that see you make this big announcement. And in some way, it's fair to say, you're going to be affected by it. For me, when I said that you and I are doing this show, maybe a few thousand saw my blog post about it and and were affected by it and maybe other people um it might be that you are putting together a presentation at work and you've spent days on it and it's hugely important to you or perhaps like a phd thesis or something like that and you think that it's going to make these tremendous waves throughout the office or these tremendous waves throughout academia and maybe it does, but maybe it doesn't. But it's the same sort of feelings. It's just the scale is different. Similarly, our scale is nothing like the scale of Oasis putting out a new album, even now. <laughs> so 
that this is you're kind of veering it back into the route that we should be talking about, and and I want to ask you about neutral, mm-hmm. but I want to take a break first to thank one of the companies that is very kind enough to sponsor this show, um, and that is our friends at Squarespace. We love Squarespace, and Casey, I have a very very special uh, promo code. I'm excited. You're you're going to really like this one. So this episode uh, of Analog, the first episode of Analog on Relay FM, is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store for a free trial and ten percent off. Visit squarespace.com and enter the code Feels at <laughs> checkout. That's F E E L S at checkout. A That's better awesome. web starts with your website. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power you need right into the palm of your hands and take away the pain points like having to worry about hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. Squarespace's fantastic, clean, simple, and beautiful designs really allow you to craft a home for yourself online. They allow you to make whatever website you want to create on Squarespace and allow you to put your own personality into it and really craft it and make it yours. It doesn't look like you picked it off a shelf somewhere because they give you all these really cool tools as well as their beautiful templates. Like if you want to change colors and fonts and maybe you want to bring in your own image or maybe you want to create a logo and they have Squarespace logo, their own tool that allows you to do that. They allow you to craft your own space. You can use their powerful page building tools as well as their design tools to inject your own personality into the site maybe you want to bring in a gallery a photo gallery which is comprised of images that you have in a dropbox folder you can do that maybe you want to integrate your social accounts like twitter facebook and instagram and pull all of that information in and put it on a page which is like caseylist.com and on caseylist.com he has a picture of himself and all of his tweets because that's the kind of guy casey is it's the type of things <laughs> he likes to put out in the world well you can do all of that with squarespace because they make the integration of all of that really simple and if you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name. So it allows you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. And Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month when you sign up for a year and you get your own domain name. They have I mentioned they had support earlier. Well, they have 24-7 support, which is located for, t- for teams that are located in New York City, Dublin, and Portland. And they and do this support all through live chat and email. All of the beautiful templates that Squarespace have feature responsive web design, and every single Squarespace site has the ability to add their commerce platform, which allows you to sell physical and digital goods online. Now, you can start a free trial with Squarespace with absolutely no credit card needed, and you can start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code FEELS, that's F-E-E-L-S, to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Analog. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM at Squarespace, where a better web starts with your website. What would we do without Squarespace? I don't know. so much worse. I don't know. They've like, what are we like? Nearly two and a half years. They've sponsored me now. Oh, they're the best. They sponsored all of Neutral. They were the only ones, if memory serves, and they sponsored the whole run. So oh, Neutral. Mm. Now this one was probably quite interesting. I mean, because ATP kind of spawned out of itself. <laughs> yeah. Right. So right, right. It, it maybe didn't have the same sort of feeling, and it definitely would have had a set of different feelings because. Before neutral, I mean, I love you, but you weren't, you didn't have a presence online. Oh, goodness, no. Well, I, I did, but like three people knew of it. So. Yeah, it, it, there was a presence, but, right. it, you know, I think like two thirds of the people that became your co-hosts uh, knew about you. Um, 
so you were kind of, I mean, and we've spoken about this before, but you were kind of coming into the world of podcasting with two podcasters, like, you know, big time, John Syracuse and Marco Arment, like, you know. You you were you were going into podcasting with two podcasting juggernauts. Oh yeah, uh, and talking about cars. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about this? Like, how involved were you in creating Neutral? Um, I don't know. It, it's a tick. Uh, it's a thing of mine that maybe we'll discuss another time. That I never really want to take too much credit for anything because everything that I do is in some way, shape, or form a group effort. Um, to d- more directly answer your question, I like. I think that I had a lot to do with neutral. Um, I had been uh, needling Marco for a long time uh, around the time that he ended uh, build and analyze. I had been saying to him, you know, we should really do a car show. I think it'd be fun. We should really do a car show. I think it'd be fun. And at the time he was kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe we'll see what happens and not, you know, not being a jerk at all. Just, yeah, we'll see what happens. And when build and analyze ended, He was still kind of like, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Um, But a little while after that, he, I guess, got the itch again. And the one thing that I absolutely cannot take credit for is that it was Marco's idea to invite John, because John had genuinely, by coincidence, ended hypercritical around the same time. And so I think the idea for a car show... If it was either mine or ours, um, but the idea to have John involved was absolutely Marco's. And so we thought, well, we'll see what happens. Maybe that nobody ends up listening. But, you know, at this point, we had all known each other, Marco and I, for 15, 20 years or something like that. And John and I for two to three years at that point. So we knew each other well enough that we thought we could have a conversation on Skype once a week. And that'll be fun, even if 10 other people listen to it. And it ended up that more than 10 listened to it. And that was pretty awesome. So when you were kind of like the night before, I mean, nobody had any idea this was going to happen, you know? Well, so it's actually, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but it's a little bit of an interesting story. The night before we recorded the first one, we had agreed that we were going to get on Skype together and we were going to record it, whatever we said. But we had all pretty much agreed that we're going to throw away this show. Not unlike what you and I did with the first analog several months ago now. We recorded it, we listened to it, and we thought, hmm, the timing's just not right. Something's not right about this. That can go out as a Christmas special one day, because I still have it. Yeah, it, it is good, but I think we could have done better, and I still have it as well. But anyway, so for neutral, we had said, okay, we're going to basically you know, record one. We're going to burn it just so we can kind of get a feel for each other. And it ended up that it actually went a lot better than we expected. And the first two neutrals were actually recorded that first time. But when I was recording, you know, for example, part of the reason why my language was so foul was because I thought we were just going to burn these anyway. So I didn't really care. I didn't need to censor myself. Um, and, you, and, you curse so much in that episode. I know. I'm, I'm a terrible person. I need to wash my mouth out with soap one more time. But, but um, the great thing about that, though, was it gave, it meant that Marco had to come up with something funny for the for yes the, no, the noises, which ended up. I mean that those noises uh, kind of then went over into ATP as well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and those were entirely Marco's work. Yeah, um, and, and so I think you you know it's it's safe to say, Casey, you actually uh, assisted the creative process. Right. Well. Not deliberately, but I did nevertheless. Well, I bring all this up about me not knowing that we were going to release these because 
if I had known when I recorded that these were going to be the released versions of Neutral, the very first or the very first released version of Neutral, I think I would have clammed up and I don't think it would have worked. Because again, I came to the I, I got on Skype with the mentality that I'm just talking to my buddies. And so what ended up happening was I didn't know when I knew Marco was probably going to release the ones we recorded. And that was fine um, because, I, again, I thought they went well, but I didn't know specifically when. And so I was sitting at dinner with uh, my wife, Aaron, and a mutual friend of ours. And we were out to dinner and I noticed that my thigh was vibrating like a lot. And he didn't tell you he was doing it. Nope. I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be sometime in the next day or two. But I was like, yeah, well, you know, when it's ready, oh, release okay. it. Okay, I thought you meant like. No, 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 no. no. This is like two weeks later. It's just like, eh. yeah, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know the specific timing. And so it just so happened it was one day at dinner, and I don't recall specifically what day or what day of the week it was. But we were out to dinner, and my thigh is vibrating like crazy. And at the time, I had I think four hundred Twitter followers. And probably 300 of them were bots. <laughs> and you're, so you're all, all notifications, right? Just yeah, yeah, all notifications exactly. all on everything. Yep, that's light, exactly. that, light that mother up, right? That, would say. That's exactly why I brought it up. Because at that point, every notification I got was probably worthwhile. That, that sounds terrible, but you know what I mean? Like it was something that it was a personal friend of mine or something like that <laughs> responded to me. Um, Rather than things you don't care about now. Right. right? Eh, God, yeah. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I have all notifications on still. Oh, you're a brave man. But, I like uh, getting them. Uh, see, I like it, but it's overload. It's just overload. Oh, I'm adding this to the topic list. Oh, you should, actually. That's a good call. Notifications. So so it ends up my thigh is you know, vibrating, and I look at my phone, and notification center goes for like 3,000 yards because it, there's so many notifications. And at that point, I think is when it really hit me. And I was like, Oh my God. 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 This is really happening. This is a thing. This is out there. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is me. Little old stupid me and Marco and John. Oh my God. 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 So were you at still sitting at dinner at this point? Yep. Right. So you're not paying attention to anything anymore. Nope. Um, right, I, I try to do better about that, especially now, because I think I went through a really dark period for a while. Maybe we'll have Aaron on to talk about that. But dark period in what way? In that I think I've, I'm still climbing out of it, but I think I, I was a slave to my phone for a long time. Oh, and that is look at definitely this also something. going to yep, the topic that's list. That's definitely something we need to Because I have about. a life hack. If, if you think that the pebble is a life hack, we're going to have to have some very angry discussions. Uh, it's just the use of... Like so it's a very it's a very quick aside. So, uh, me and my girlfriend don't live together because of my insane life. We only see each other on weekends. So from Friday night to Sunday night, my phone is in do not disturb, and and on silent the whole time. See, and I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm at that point climbing out of my black hole yet. It's, I, no, because I am other than that, I am crazy for looking at my phone. Yep, but. I spend we spend so little time together. It would I would basically be the worst boyfriend ever if you know in this in the I don't tire everyone by this brush, but like if you think we literally do not see each other except for between Friday and Sunday, that is it, right? Um, yeah. So I just do not disturb goes on, and I only ever look at my phone if she's on her phone or like I'm in the bathroom. 
<laughs> so anytime you reply to my text messages between Friday and Sunday, you're you're in the loo. Pretty much. That's that's a, that's a safe assumption to make. In or on? In the loo? Uh, on the loo? Is the loo the well, toilet itself, or is it just the the restroom? Well, you, we don't really say loo. We say toilet, and oh. and then it's the same. So in or on, right? Oh, fine. Oh. All right, never mind. Uh, here I am. I'm trying to speak your language, man. I know you're 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 good. You're good. Anyway, so yeah, so I was paying no attention to Aaron nor our friend Phil. I was just sitting there, wide-eyed, thinking. Pro- I was probably white as a ghost, thinking, "Oh my God, this is really happening." And the funny thing is, generally speaking, I think I'm a lot like you, and I pre-stress about everything. I cram all the stress into the pre-time, and then when whatever it is actually happens. Uh, it usually doesn't really hit me for a while. And when it does hit me, it's like, eh, okay. But in this case, I hadn't really prepped myself properly and I spazzed. So imagine to to make this a little more relevant, you know, you're at work and somebody says, oh, I really need you to talk to, you know, either the president of the company or maybe some really important clients or something like that. And you just off the cuff, you somehow fart out this like awesome presentation and you don't really think anything of it. And then the next thing you know, the CEO is calling you saying, Hey, so about that presentation. Oh my God. 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 You know, it's, it's, yeah. you, you, you don't really realize this made a splash. It may have been a good splash. It may have been a bad splash, but it made a splash. And now you're going to have to deal with this whole new world for better or worse. So that was the situation that you were in. Yeah, very much so. And then, remind me, how did people take to it? Um, at first, mixed. Um, I think a lot of people were overjoyed that Marco and John were doing another podcast, and it could have been about grass growing, and they would have been happy. Um, some people were furious that it wasn't technology, and especially, it, it, it was also common to hear that, that people were upset about it being about cars and doubly so once they listened and we they realized that we don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of cars encyclopedic whatever knowledge of cars whereas john and marco and hopefully me tend to have a much more deep knowledge of technology and so here it is especially take john i mean he prepped for hours upon hours for hypercritical and then the three of us just kind of shoot from the hip on this car podcast and so if you come to this car podcast with the mentality of, oh, this is going to be like hypercritical, but with Marco and yeah, whatever that other guy, that's going to be awesome. And it ended up that I still think it was awesome, but not a lot of people did. And so in the beginning, the reactions were mixed, mostly positive. By the end, not that many people were paying attention. And those who still were paying attention really liked it, but not that many people were listening anymore. How did that make you feel? Because um, you'd put out this thing into the world, and would I be safe in assuming that you thought it was going to be a big success? Uh, more yes than no. I didn't think it was going to be hypercritical, and I didn't think it was going to be build and analyze, but I thought this will probably be do okay. You had like a recipe for success. Right. Yeah, we had... We had this wonderful banana bread baking in the oven, and to me, it smelled fantastic. And I took a bite, and I thought it was great. And everyone else was like, wow, that's terrible. (laughs) Um, 
and it's kind of, I, I say that jokingly, but that's kind of what it was. Uh, I still stand by neutral. I really enjoyed making it. Uh, I loved making it. I loved listening to it. I think the problem was it just wasn't what people wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I and, think you're absolutely right. And, 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 or they just weren't interested in cars. Yep. I think and, you're and, right. And if you're not, I mean, so then you're just, you're just in the wrong kind of, uh, you're just, in, you're just in the wrong market. Like the, the the way you guys were operating was in the tech world, but you were talking about cars. And maybe if you'd spent more time on the show, like as in you spent more time making it, you made it for two years. Mm-hmm. It may have become a big thing in the car world. Very possibly. You know, but you, yeah. you, you maybe didn't give it that level of time because you found you found the show that the three of you were made to do together. But, you know, because that's the thing, right? It's like, you guys were it was like when i started doing tech podcasting no one gave a fig because in that industry i was nobody at all Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the same sort of scenario you guys just had your just your existing crossover audience and that was probably all you had Mm -hmm. and then we lost most of it by the time it was over. i mean like when you when that's when i said the crossover audience meaning the people that are interested in cars and interested in tech and knew you guys and that that kind of like venn diagram Yep, absolutely. And and that's how it started. I think if memory serves, the numbers were ten to 15,000 downloads for episode one and 1,000 to 1,500 for episode 12. So it yeah. really kind of, I, I shouldn't say fell off a cliff. And I shouldn't, yeah, now I feel like kind of a jerk. I shouldn't say that those numbers and, and imply that they're not good. A lot of people, like me alone, for example, would kill to have those kind of numbers. In fact, if we get those kind of numbers for analog, I'm going to be overjoyed. But when it was people as big as Marco and John, I I think I kind of assumed that we would just have tremendous numbers and that was going to be that. And it doesn't mean that necessarily everyone was going to love it, but that a lot of people would listen. And it ended up that that wasn't you know, relatively speaking, the case. Um, and it's funny because I was thinking, I think the perfect perfect analogy for this, which I'm going to end up getting flack for, but this is all about feels, so I'm going to put it out there. Um, many years ago, like 10, 15 years ago, Garth Brooks, the country artist, did a rock album. And if you took the rock album for what it was, and this is where everyone's going to disagree with me, I actually thought it was a decent album. And we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I thought it was decent. It wasn't great, but it was decent. And he, it totally tanked. It absolutely tanked. Because here it was Garth Brooks, who was a, especially at this point, he was at like the height of his popularity as a country music artist, did something that a lot of people didn't really expect and may not have been into. And a lot of people didn't like it. And I think that's kind of neutral. Um, neutral is in the podcast in that, you know, here was a couple of giants that did something kind of similar. It was still a podcast. It was still music for Garth Brooks, but it was a totally different genre and it just did not go well. And that's okay. It, It really is okay. I don't think ATP would have been, well, certainly it wouldn't have happened at all without neutral. And I don't think if you'll permit me to say that it's pretty good. I don't think it would have been, I don't think ATP would have been pretty good without having had neutral come before it. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of shows, they need, uh, or a lot of just hosts need to establish the chemistry. Mm-hmm. And you guys got to do that 
and you got to get your thing in like a test ground. Yeah. Be- and that was why like ATP had such a good start. Yeah, I, I like to think so. I mean, also because it was, you know, it was actually an accidental. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it's after like over a year, it's probably easy to forget. I mean, you, you've got to be coming in on two years, haven't you? Uh, we're still a few months away because I think we unofficially debuted ATP in February when we were just putting things on Sound, SoundCloud. And I believe in March is when we actually made its own website and kind of really started to take it seriously. I release it every week. Right. Because it was like every two weeks, wasn't it, for a bit? Or, or it felt like that. It felt like felt like that, maybe. Like when it was the actual accidental. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's funny because our experience that we split between two podcasts, between Neutral and, uh, and ATP, I think, in a way, you kind of had that with Matt Alexander with Bionic. Because you had... The original incarnation of Bionic, which was very comparatively serious and deliberate, and then you kind of flipped everything around, and it just became crazy town banana pants. And that was, to in, personally, I think that's when it really got incredible. Yeah, the numbers never never really said so. But. Well, and see that I think neutral. The numbers were deserved in that. Even though I love Neutral, I stand by Neutral, I genuinely, hand on heart, think it was good programming, I understand that I'm pretty much the only one that thinks that. And I, in, that's different from Bionic, because I think Bionic was magnificent, and uh, it, it bums me out the numbers didn't agree. Uh, but it's, it is fair for me to say I would do that show for 500 people. Right, and, and that's, exactly how I, yep, that's exactly how I felt about Neutral, too. And, and and you know i love all of my podcasts like children um so can't pick one but i don't know if i would necessarily feel that way for the rest of them like to do it where i would effectively be uh losing money because i you you know you can't really get ads on that show anyway and and, and it's not necessarily fair to the uh the advertiser because they have no idea what they're getting themselves in for um and it could then be time that i used on other shows but I would have carried that show on forever. But just unfortunately, mine and Matt's timelines didn't meet up anymore. But it, yeah, is that it was that sort of idea. The show did grow like a lot after we changed it up, um, and that was because you know we we kind of we had you know, our insanity drew in some friends that. Well, then wanted to talk about the show, right? So right. it drew in like Merlin and then it drew in you and Marco. Although I had to like twist your arm to listen. That actually, I really want to argue with you, but that is absolutely true. Like and I convinced you that you should listen to it. That is true. And then once I did, I realized the error in my ways and how magnificent it really was. So I want to get back to the topic in hand a little bit, but uh, we should take a break and thank the second sponsor for this week's episode, and that is the fine folks over at Igloo who are also helping us get a real start. Um, they're helping us get running um, at Relay FM. So this is Igloo. Now, me and Casey, 
uh, Casey, I think you're going to appreciate what I'm about to say here, actually, um, because you are a corporate man mm-hmm. like, like myself. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and you guys, you, you know, you, you guys are familiar with Igloo and ATP, but Igloo is an internet you're actually going to like, and they are helping support analog. Anyone that's worked in corporate environments like me and Casey knows how painful and horrible corporate intranets can be. Um, like in my own time in the corporate world, I've experienced a handful of these sort of uh, different platforms and different software solutions, and they all suck. Like there's there's no other way of putting it. They're all just terrible. But Igloo is awesome. Um, and I've been saying this case, I think you agree. Igloo is built with human beings in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like there's all this, like, it has a load of social stuff, which is really awesome. Like you can you can bring along the conventions you know from Facebook and Twitter. Like you can have little microblogs. You can post little status updates. Like they have like internal kind of, internal Twitter accounts that you can have Um, but they also have like little comment boxes all over the place and you can like stuff and things like that but they also have shared calendars they have file sharing all built in and it works on your laptop tablet or phone and this sounds like a really simple thing but it's huge because the ability to be able to use your devices wherever you want however you want and whatever devices you want is really big for a product like this. The fact that you can work with your team, whether they're remote or all around you, using all of the tools that you want to use to communicate with people, that is huge for these sort of products. And everything that you need is built right into Igloo. There's no need to manage multiple cloud apps or services. And as I mentioned before, everything is social, so you can help coordinate with your teams and with your coworkers, um, and, and it makes help keep all of your projects simple too. I had a great tour of Igloo a couple of weeks ago, so they sat me down and, and they wanted to give me the, the full sort of tour that they give to customers as they're onboarding them. So I got the the full sort of Igloo experience and I got to, to meet a couple of the guys there and what really showed to me was how much they care about the product. Like they really, well, they, they love Igloo and they really wanted to show me all of it. And I could see why, because it's a really nice thing that they've built. And, you know, they sort of showed me a little bit around their internal Igloo that they have. And you can see, like, how vibrant it is. Like, if you really embrace something like this, you can have a whole team really get sort of up and about. Like, you know, you're just like, oh, this is awesome. And, you know, we can, uh, we all can be involved and let's all collaborate on this document. And let's post, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was really interesting to see. Um, and, and it was fantastic to, to get to spend some time talking to them about it. So I want to tell you about one last thing with Igloo. Uh, their social intranet tour is stopping in London, San Francisco, and New York over the next two months. So if you want to go and, and take a look and ask some questions of the Igloo guys, go to igloosoftware.com slash London for more details. The very best thing about Igloo is it's free to use for up to 10 people. That's fantastic. So you can go sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash analog and get started today. That's A-N-A-L-O-G-U-E, of course. So thanks mm-hmm. so much thanks so much to Igloo for helping us launch Relay FM and for supporting analog. So go show your support for them and us by going to igloosoftware.com slash analog. However, because they are so awesome... I think that they've set up both to work. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have. See, that's that's ex- that's extremely awesome. And it's funny because they've in the past set up some really great uh, landing pages for ATP, where it it won't be obvious, but they'll throw in little sprinkles of little like in jokes and stuff that only a real honest listener would know. And so that means not only that they listen. 
but they want to, you know, delight even potential customers with those little tidbits. So let's talk about getting ready to unveil a project. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. this is extremely relevant for you these days. A little for me, but extremely for you. So this is kind of like, if you think about something from a dream to a reality. So like I had an idea, you know, I had the idea that I wanted to, to have my own sort of place, my own podcast network again. It was that just felt like the right time for me. Spoke with Stephen. We decided we wanted to work together on it, and then we started planning it. And this has been—we've been sort of kicking it around for a few months. Um, and it was kind of in San Francisco was where things really sort of started to take shape um, because we were able to spend some time together, and we were able to talk things through, and we were able to talk to some of our friends, including you, and get some sort of idea around the way that we're going to do things, and just to be able to sort of generally bounce ideas off of each other and stuff like that. So that was when it was like, yeah, this is going somewhere. Let's continue to have these discussions. So it's really, it's only been a few months of development. Um, like the actual site being built, and, and we've had some friends of ours, uh, Tim and Will from Good Stuff. We, we've been use, working with them to create CMS and building a site and all that sort of stuff. And there's some really interesting things that happened during this process. Like, and well, at least for me, where I've become so like insular and worrying about these tiny details about the way that the site's going to work. Like today, I was asking a question, like, "Oh, guys, when you're on the page, it, you click a link, it doesn't open in a new tab." And imagine if somebody's listening to the show in the web player and they click a link, and what are they going to do? You're going to lose their place. You know, little things like that. To which I was told by our developers that they've already thought of this and uh, <laughs> and if you're playing the audio it opens in a new tab and if you're not it just opens in the tab that you're in which is it's pretty awesome right that is extremely cool so i love that it does that i was very happy to find that out but it's like these little things where i'm like overthinking all these little bits that probably in the grand scheme of things are not going to be that important like if you see some of the stuff that steven picks out like this line height is incorrect and i'm like i honestly can't see I actually can't see a lot of the things that he picks out. <laughs> so he's like, the, the line height's wrong, the alignment's wrong, and he's getting out X scope and he's like, right, I was right, like, right. okay, buddy, you just carry on. Because if this was me, I'd be like, whatever, man, just put the line where you want. And it's so that's like an interesting thing is seeing how different people come to these things. Like, I'm all about, like, are the RSS feeds going to work? And, and I've been testing the RSS feed so much and like everyone's been laughing at me because I'm like, this is the way people interact with us. Like these have to work. They can't be wrong. And I've been like testing all the links out and I've been bugging all of the podcast app makers that have allowed me to bug them. Be like, this <laughs> is doing this and this is doing this. And can you help, you know, and just going through all that sort of stuff. And like, so now... We're like about to turn the corner and like as where we're recording this, as we mentioned just a couple of days beforehand. And whenever like so this happened last Monday and it's, I know it's going to happen again this week. People like yourself, like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I feel sick. And that's like the only response that I have because it's the only way that I feel like Stephen's like, oh, I'm really excited. I'm like, I just feel ill. Like I and when I say sick, because this was the first thing that you actually thought I was saying I was ill. When I say sick, I mean nauseous, nauseous. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's what we say here. We say sick because that's, you know, that's what we call it. Um, so, like, I just feel ill, like, leading up to these things. Like, I just 
can't focus on anything and everything I just feel terrible about. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I'm sorry. That... But no, because it is kind of ridiculous. But like this, this is how I'm going to feel on Monday. Like I'm going to be like, well, it's all just going to go wrong. So I don't even know what we're so excited about. Like that's kind of in the back of my brain. That's what it's like. It's like I don't know why right, we're right. so excited about it because it's all going to break anyway. Like, you know, the amount I, I have basically, I feel like I've convinced everyone that we need to significantly overspend on Heroku. Like, you know, it was like, no, we've got to like quadruple the, the, the hosting that we need, you know, because I'm just like, I need to, in my brain, when I'm, when I'm gearing up to these sort of things, I'm like, all I can think about is the bad things. So I feel like I have to over prepare for them. Right, right. Am I crazy, Casey? Uh, no, I don't think you are. Uh, but to be fair, you're you're a worrywart talking to a worrywart. Um, it's it's a tough thing, and I think the sick or nauseous feeling that you have. I was thinking about it. You know how when you like were a kid and you dumped all the like different paint colors onto a piece of paper, and everything ended up just black. It, or at least that's the way I remember it. anyhow. Right. I'm no artist by any stretch. But you you know, you take the red and the blue and the green and the yellow and, and, and everything and you just put it in a pile just because you can and you're six years old and you end up with just this blackness. And that strikes me as how you're feeling. Is that reasonable? It's a really nice way of putting it. It's just this I, I I'm so overwhelmed with feeling that I'm almost devoid of feeling. You know? And that, I, I don't think, I can't remember the last time I've had a feeling quite that strong because most of the stuff I do day to day is normal everyday stuff. And um, I think the best analogy that I can come up with for myself is when I think about what it's going to be like when our child is born. And I'm just, I'm going to be overwhelmed um, there's going to be so much emotion and then I'm just not going to know what to do with myself. And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing, in fact. But just even just thinking about it, I'm starting to get stressed out. Maybe that's going to be what breaks you. you know? it, yeah. That's what turns you into me is, is right. getting sprout. Right, exactly. And I don't, I just, it's tough. It's it, what you're doing with Relay. It is not bringing a human into the world but it is birthing something. And I think you're going through all of the emotions that a parent would go through, perhaps not as strongly, perhaps not in the same way, but one way or another, you're going through all the same emotions that a parent would go through. And you're scared that your little sprout, if you will, may not grow. And that's a, that's petrifying. I am... I'm nervous about this show. I think it has, I think there's something here. I hope there's something here. I think that this is the first episode of what I hope will be a relatively long run. I, I know you enough to know that we'll probably tweak the format here and there. We might introduce some regular segments, for example, why, uh, People, the British people don't spell anything correctly and have U's where you don't need them. Uh, we may have... Created the language. <laughs> we may have guests sometimes. Maybe we won't. But I really, in my heart, feel like analog has something to it. 
and I'm excited about it and I'm hopeful for it, but I'm scared. I'm scared because I don't know how it's going to be received. Could, is it going to be neutral? Or is it going to be ATP? Or is it going to be something in the middle? And the only way we're going to know is to see how Monday goes. How do you think you're going to feel on Monday? I mean, because ATP, you know, you you didn't really have this. I'm going to assume you didn't have the same level of feeling about ATP as you did neutral. No, because the circumstances were different. No, and actually, it, it, with ATP as well, I kind of forgive me for saying so, but I kind of accidentally backed into it in that we just kind of recorded this stuff or yeah. we, yeah, we did this after a while, after we were talking about cars, we talked about nerdy tech stuff. And then we just kind of said, ah, well, we'll release it. And so it, again, it wasn't like we deliberately said, we're going to set out and do a tech podcast. It just kind of happened this time. However, you and I have set out to do a show about feels. <laughs> and so that's a very different experience. Actually, uh, this is my third podcast, and this is the first time I've had these feelings. And I was feeling um, not smug and not complacent. Like I was always anxious, but kind of passively anxious about analog. And now that I'm talking to you, and now that I'm thinking about the enormity of the situation, now I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah, we go. That's all I wanted, really. I just wanted I wanted to bring you down to my exactly. level a little bit. <laughs> So yeah, now I'm sp- now I'm just totally freaking out. And what will probably be a frequent topic of discussion because it it arches into so many of the things that we do. Feedback. So getting feedback on a a new project tends to be overwhelmingly positive, I think. Um or at least it has been in my um my own experience and this again might be one of the so like i have a a a topic for the future is feedback why does casey get so much bad feedback and mike only get good feedback (laughs) i didn't realize that i was the only one who got the bad stuff thanks for that well i mean you know you don't get only but you your your feedback is uh you get overwhelmingly more bad feedback than I do. And I don't think it's about you personally. It's like a weird type of feedback. It's not about anything. Hmm, this, is, this isn't this is going to sound right, but I can't think of a better way of putting That's it. That's fine. That's it's fine. not about your talents. It's just the fact that you exist. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. It's yeah. because I backed my way into this situation where I'm hanging with superstars, yet I'm some schmuck that nobody knows. Yeah, and there's this weird, that's like this weird feedback that's in there. But let's, for the sake of this conversation, let's assume that all feedback about something new like this is positive. Because I think it has been, right? Except for the people that I think were really upset at us that we didn't have an RSS feed. (laughs) Yes, that's very true. Yeah, aside from that, the feedback that I... And again, nobody said that to me, but everyone said it to you. Really? Yeah, no one said it. So any tweet that... Most of the tweets that uh, were about where's the RSS feed were directed at you mm-hmm. and not me. And it's like, am I a delicate flower? Do people think I'm like a delicate flower? So like no one will give me, no one will give me bad feedback because they're worried that I might like sort of like shrivel up and go away. I, I don't know. I, I didn't think so. I mean, I, sorry, that sounds like I was dodging the question. I'm not dodging the question. I didn't think you were a delicate flower. I but... am, but I, I don't <laughs> think people know it. Uh, they're right. going to know it after they listen to this show. Yeah, but... seriously. They're going to say, well, these two, they're, they're just emotional bags <laughs> are, of weird. They are messed up. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I mean, I don't know. I, it, we should probably shelve that on the whole. But yeah. I, I mean, if we got nothing but positive feedback from this show, because I'm kind of a pessimist at heart, I think I would kind of wonder, uh-oh, nobody thought anything was weird, was wrong or bad or crummy. Nobody has anything to say about how we could improve. Uh-oh, did anyone listen to this? Whoa, something must not be right here because some surely somebody would have something constructive or maybe not so constructive to say. Yeah, that's where me and you differ. So, I would not feel that way. So if we got nothing but amazing feedback... You'd be over the moon, thrilled with yourself, just totally smug. Yeah, I the show's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Everyone's telling me so. Yeah, I hate that. Like, again, this we we might you know we may as well talk about it as much as we are because it's going to keep coming up. But I hate bad feedback. Like, it makes me feel sad. Yep. Like, I like constructive feedback. Like, I think you would be better if you did this. But where it's just like. You suck. Like, this is terrible. Like, I don't deal with, I still don't deal with that very well. Yeah. Oh, it, it absolutely kills me every time I get um, negative feedback. And I, I think, I think the thing of it is, is that I get a fair, well, hmm, I'm falling all over my words because I'm trying to figure out the right way to characterize this. I'm just going to let it rip. And if I sound like an idiot, so be it. I get, more negative feedback than I think I deserve. That, that Actually, I'm pretty satisfied with that. I get more negative feedback than I think I deserve. Fair play. Uh, you, you have the right to say that, and I agree with it, and I'm pleased that you have. I think it's the, they are the right words because that is accurate. You do. You, you, you get dealt a short shrift. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to like play all victim or anything, but I get more negative feedback than I think I deserve. And again, here we are talking about podcasting, but it's important to me that we reemphasize that this could be true in any scale. It could be true for uh, uh, Billy Joel, and it can be true for a teacher. It can be true for any number of things. But we keep talking about podcasting because that's what we know and that's what we have in common. So anyway, I get a lot more negative feedback than I think I deserve. Some of it I do deserve. Uh, in my opinion, I, without question, deserve some of it. I'm not as experienced as, say, John or Marco. I'm not as maybe fast on my feet as some other people are. May, perhaps I'm not as funny. Perhaps I think I'm funny and I'm not. I mean, there's any number of things you could you could cite me for. But the thing that really, really, really bothers me a lot, even to this day, almost two years into being a podcaster, is when I get negative feedback that I don't think is constructive, that hates me because I'm me. And you alluded to that earlier. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me. And it, the funny thing is, it shouldn't. It really, like conceptually in my head, I think this through and I think this person just wants to be angry at someone. And I've been, I'm the lucky winner today. I shouldn't pay any attention to this, but you know what I do? And it absolutely kills me. And I don't know why. And I wish it didn't. I wish, oh God, I wish so much I had a thicker skin when it comes to that. And with time, I've gotten a thicker one. But instead of being completely transparent, now it's just translucent. <laughs> but nevertheless, it kills me. And it's frustrating a lot of the time. Um, generally speaking, I'm very proud of my, of my achievements and my accomplishments all across the board, but particularly when it comes to podcasting. Um, but man, I get some of these like negative iTunes reviews or sometimes emails Where people say, oh, well, you know, John is amazing, which is true. 
and Marco is incredible, which is true. And God, you've got to get rid of that Casey guy. It's like, well, what, what do you say to that? What do, how, you know, how am I supposed to take that? That's not constructive. It's not, you know, Casey doubts himself too much. He should stop doubting himself. That is constructive and absolutely true. Yeah, without well, question. Like, oh, um, the who and whom thing. As frustrating right, as right. it was, right? Because <laughs> it was, I mean, it was funny, but I can imagine how frustrating that got. It was. People are giving you a piece of accurate, constructive feedback exactly in right. some instances where they're saying to you like you are using this term incorrectly this is the correct way that you use it like that is constructive feedback like it can get a bit out of like where it's like this guy must be an idiot like like okay you, you've gone too far right. uh exactly but it's you know you were saying like oh um am i like am i crazy for for like for feeling for feeling this way like you know when when someone will will say this stuff to you and how upset you get about it what i was thinking of like imagine that you're in the office and there's a new person there's a new person on your floor you've never seen them before and you introduce yourself to that person and you're like hi i'm casey and they say like hi i'm miranda um, it's like nice to meet you, and she's like, "Oh no, I've I've known about you for a while. Like I, you're in like the development team. Um, I, I've seen some of the work that you do, uh, and you know I've I've read some of the documentation that you've been writing or whatever. And then you say, "Oh, okay, that's cool." And she's like, "No, but I hate you." <laughs> and I think your work output is terrible. I've read that documentation, and you can't mash two words together and come out with a cohesive sentence. Yeah, uh, and this is the first time you've met. But yep. she knew who you were. Yep. Do you see, do you see what I'm trying to get at? Like, mm-hmm. it's if you imagine that in a real world scenario, you can see why you get upset about it because it's you are a human being, and there's somebody that you don't know who is saying that you don't deserve something that you want, or and perhaps that you have should have, for. or have and that you for. work for. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like when I say what you want, is like you want to make a show of your friends, and there's nobody that can stop you from doing that. Um, there's nobody that should stop you from doing that except for your friends, right? Nobody has the right to stop you from doing ATP rather than you or your co-hosts. Right. The three of you are the only people that could stop either of you from doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for somebody to say, you know, you don't belong here, that's, you know, it's not the, the, it's not the right way to be. We've gone way off course again. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is going to be it, right? We are, we are creating the tangential podcasting Already. type style. I, yeah. I feel like that is us. Yep. So I want to bring it back. We'll, we'll round it up with some sort of last sort of feelings on it. I tell you what I want to, I want to talk to you about Showbot actually. Okay. Um, but I want to thank our third and final sponsor before we do that. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, you probably need to take a drink before you talk about Showbot anyway. <laughs> So uh, our final sponsor for this week is the Omni Group and OmniFocus. Um, so I want to talk about OmniFocus 2 for Mac today. OmniFocus 2 for Mac has just been released very recently, and it features a brand new design that feels right at home after you've used OmniFocus 2 for the iPhone. There's a new standard version of OmniFocus, which has a cheaper price of just $40. This allows you to get a handle on all of your projects and gives you all of the features you're going to need to stay 
productive. You can easily sync with OmniFocus for iPhone and iPad with Omni's own free sync server, allowing you to stay in control no matter where you are. You can take advantage of OmniFocus 2's incredible forecast view to get a quick glimpse of your day, week, or month at a glance, and you can see all of your tasks and appointments in one screen, allowing you to effectively plan out your day. Personally, I couldn't live without forecast mode in OmniFocus. It allows me to see, you know, these are all the appointments that I have today. Oh, so I make sure that I, if I want to send that report back, I have to send that report back at two o'clock, so let me schedule that, because otherwise I'm not going to have any time for it, that kind of thing. I love it. Um, OmniFo OmniFocus 2 for Mac also features a slick review mode, which allows you to quickly check out the status of all of your projects so you can see how you're progressing at a glance. Once you really dig into OmniFocus, you're going to wonder how you got by without it. You will want to live in this application. The pro version of OmniFocus 2 also offers some, some additional fantastic features like Apple Script support and custom perspectives. And don't forget, OmniFocus 2 for iPad should be launching alongside iOS 8, rounding out the OmniFocus 2 suite for Mac, iPhone, and then iPad. If you want to find out more about OmniFocus, go to omnigroup.com slash OmniFocus. OmniFocus 2 is available directly from the OmniGroup's website or the Mac App Store. So that's OmniFocus from the OmniGroup, your life in perspective. Thank you, Omni, for supporting Analog and Relay. Anyone who sponsors us this early, that's some serious dedication that you have to be thankful for. Yeah, I mean, and all of those sponsors, they asked specifically to be... To have this show, you know. That's awesome. Especially Omni, because like Omni, uh, they they chose what shows they wanted to sponsor. You know, they wanted to just to pick up a few to start with, and, and they really wanted this show. So like, people love you. <laughs> Sometimes. It's all of you. It's all you, Casey. Yeah, that's it. So let's talk about Showbot, because this is something that you've actually put out into the world. Now, why did you give me a bit of background? And if, for anybody that needs to catch up a little bit, because um, obviously this is this is where we start to do like the ATP crossover type mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Why did why does Showbot exist? Why didn't you just use the one that we're using, which is forked from the guy who created the five by five one? Right. So to back up just a smidge, uh, we tend to record ATP live, and I believe we were the intention standing here now is to record analog live. Yep. Henceforth. It will be, yeah. It was mm -hmm. just the first week because obviously we don't have a website to send people to, but Analog will be recorded live. Keep <laughs> right. your eye on underscore Relay FM for when we'll be when we're talking about when we're going to be posting, when we're going to be recording. This show will be recording live for the first time in the week of the 25th. Excellent. So ATP records live, and typically what you do is you broadcast the audio feed so that people can listen to it as we're recording, hence recording live. And then additionally, there's an Thanks IRC for explaining that bit. Yeah. I don't think anyone would have got that. You're welcome. <laughs> God, I wish I had that moment back. But anyway, so, so when, when we record, you know, the hosts as well as who, whatever listeners may be around uh, can go to an IRC chat room where they can interact with both us and each other. And another thing that they can do while in the chat room is suggest titles for the show based usually off the things that come out of our mouths, just silly things that we say or oftentimes things that can be funny when taken out of context, etc. So uh, someone whose name is escaping me right now wrote a showbot, so a show robot that would sit in the IRC channel and when people did exclamation point, point S and then typed in a title, 
it, then it would record all those suggestions. So the two or three hosts after the show can look at all the things that were suggested rather than having to pay attention while they're recording. Is that the mute winter? That's right. Yes. Thank you. That's Jer- exactly Jeremy right. Mack. Thank you. Sorry, Jeremy. This, yeah, that's the one that, that we've forked and, and using. Right. So when ATP started, none of the three of us really bothered with a show bot because, you know, everything is just kind of thrown together. You could say it's accidental. Um, anyway, I wish I had that moment back too. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so eventually uh, someone, Brad Choate, was kind enough to set up his own fork of the Mute Winner show bot. And that lasted for like a year and change. Then one day, by, you know, pure accident, uh, Brad's showbot wasn't working. And that is, I mean, I guess you could say it's his fault, but like, as far as I'm concerned, that's not his fault, whatever. He did something nice for us for like a year and a half. And we never asked him. He never got compensated for it. He is still extremely awesome in my book, but it, it didn't work one time. And that was an indication to us uh, that, you know, maybe we should take that in-house and maybe we should do our own showbot. So I looked at standing up my own fork of the showbot, but I think it was written in Ruby and it needed a database and it was a lot more complex than I cared for. And additionally, it didn't have a few of the features that I wanted. For example, when new titles came in, it wouldn't automatically throw those on the page. You had to refresh the page. And so I decided in my infinite wisdom, you know what? I'm going to write my own showbot. Now I'm going to do it a little bit differently. It's going to be a little bit simpler. It's not going to have a database to talk to, and it's going to work asynchronously, which is to say when things are suggested, they will instantly appear on the page. You don't have to refresh anything. And as you vote, the votes will instantly change. You won't have to refresh anything. And I spent a few hours, maybe over the course of maybe a week or so, uh, putting together the showbot. And I was pretty proud of myself, if I'm honest. I thought I did a pretty good job with it. I thought it was pretty cool. So the next week or you know, two weeks later on ATP, I said, all right, I've written a showbot. I've written it in a different set of uh, frameworks and tools, and we're going to try to use that. And I said that, I believe, early on in the recording of the show. Now, when you say to a bunch of developers, I've created this thing, and I'm proud of it. Mike, what do you think those developers are going to do? See, the thing is, is I know what they do, but my instinct is not that. Like, my instinct is that they are happy for you. And <laughs> because they are also developers, want to help and support and be nice. But what seems like ha- happens from listening to your show is that there are at least a few people that decide they then need to break it for yep. one reason or another. Whether they want to break it for fun or they want to break it because they feel like they need to help. But they, for some reason, I don't know if you have to break it to find out the bugs, but they feel like they have to break it anyway. Yep. And so that's what they did. And so it became a running gag for a few shows as I would put up the show bot, I would start the show, and I think the first time it lasted maybe 10 minutes tops. The second show, I you know, I made some fixes between the shows. Second show I went up for like 15 minutes. Made some fixes. Third show, it lasted for like half an hour. And this went on for like a month or something like that. And everyone else thought it was really funny, especially my two co-hosts. But I didn't think it was quite so funny. Do you know it makes me angry and sad? How so? When I listen to it. 
it annoys me that and I think it's because my my mind isn't doesn't work in this way, like this developer way. But I'm like, why do, why do people have to break it? I don't I don't get it. And and why do people have to take pleasure in doing that to you? Right. Especially especially after the first time, or at least the first time that it was clear on air that you were unhappy about it. Like mm-hmm. not in like a jokey way, right? But like in a because I think that was when it started to affect me. Was when mm-hmm. I could hear that you were unhappy, that it was hap- that it kept happening, uh, and so I'm like, I don't get it. I just, I, I can't get my head around it. Like, I just can't. It just, it seems so strange. It just seems so strange to me. Yeah. And I know that now everybody that is a developer is like shaking their head, like, "Oh, Mike, you don't understand these things." And maybe I don't, but like, it just seems so weird to me that like you, you need to break it. And I have. Do you know what's probably happening right now as people listen to this? They're trying to break mine. <laughs> possibly. Very possibly. Look, Yeah. And I'm sure that when we start doing this show live, people will be trying to break our show bot. Probably. Because people thought they follow you around now, Casey. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know about that. But uh, you're right. It, you know what the thing is? The thing is, the first time it happened, I believe I was definitely embarrassed and a little bothered maybe even medium bothered, but the next time it happened, I was pretty pissed off. And I was really upset because the way I looked at it, we hosts have no obligation to be in the chat room. None. That is a choice that we make. I'm still debating whether I'll be in the relay chat room during recordings. Yeah, and we'll see whether or not you and I do. Then yeah. that's, that's exactly my point. We have no obligation to be there. Additionally, we have no obligation to take listener feedback regarding titles. Yes, you can, you can make a very valid argument that it helps us. Without question, that is a valid argument. But at the same time, the other side of that coin is we don't have to do that. We could handle it on our own. For four and a half years, I have not. And I've continued to come up with titles for all of my episodes. Right, exactly. You know? You've made it work somehow, yeah. some way you've made some it work. Some way. So... We don't have any any obligation to do that. And additionally, I didn't have any obligation to write the showbot. I did so partially because, well, mostly because I wanted to, um, but also because I felt like it was the right thing to do for the listeners. And then to have these listeners go out of their way to deliberately break it was extremely upsetting. It's one thing to do something where somebody exercises some edge case and it happens to break. And it wasn't because they were jerks. It just happened. Okay, that's fine. That's no harm, no foul. You know, to me, intention means a lot. But they intended to break it, and they did. And they succeeded. They really did. Now, on the one side of the coin, that's very valuable and very helpful, because now the showbot has lasted many episodes in a row without having broken. Now that I've said that, it'll break next time. But it's, la- it's lasted a lot longer um, in no small part because of the errors that people exercised in the beginning, often deliberately. And also because I open sourced the showbot and other people spent their time, which they were not obligated to do, to help fix it, which is amazing. But it was very frustrating and it made me very angry. But what do you do when you're in the midst of recording the show and you don't want to sound like a jerk? You're already embarrassed that the thing that you were very proud of didn't work out like you thought it would. What do you do? You just roll with it because you don't have any other choice. 
Do you think that the bugs that were found would have ever happened to anyone? Uh, most of them, yes. Most of them were genuinely bugs that I just didn't handle right. Some of them were extreme edge cases. And I can't think of a great example, and this is not an example, but I'm going to make it up for illustrative purposes. Somebody suggested a title that was like 10,000 letters. Who in their right mind would actually name or even suggest? Yeah, you see, now that's just and, that's and, just like bullying, right? Like, exactly. At that point, like, exactly. and it's not as bad as that. I can't think of a different word, but at that point, all you were trying to do was just break it, like exactly. But isn't it bullying to some degree? Isn't it somebody trying to say I'm bigger and stronger and smarter than you, Casey? Yeah, because you didn't think of doing this, right? I mean it. I know what you're saying. It isn't really bullying, but I tell you what, I got bullied in school like I'm sure most people did, and it felt really similar. And until you said that, I never thought of it that way. But mm. I am, as I, as I stand here today, I'm 32 years old, and I can't remember the last time I've felt bullied outside of those few episodes with the showbot because it felt really similar. That's how, that's why it felt so uncomfortable to me then, like... Because that that was must have been what I was tapping into, like the way that it made me feel listening to it. Mm-hmm. It was just like, well, it it because I can't I can't fathom it, like I can't get my head around it properly. And you know, I, I in a way, like I feel bad because the people that maybe did these things are maybe listening, and maybe they had good intentions. So if you did have good intentions, then you shouldn't have to feel bad. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know the the people that were like, I just want to, I want to break this because I think it's funny. Like your your intentions are actually not pure. Yep. Uh, but like you know, I, I would like to think now though that the people that have good intentions are like giving you poor requests. Exactly. That's exactly right. And the thing of it was is that I'm actually kind of thankful for it when it was all over because, uh, and I think I mentioned this on ATP, but a dear friend of this show, if not ATP, when I think it's fair to say ATP as well, uh, Chris Harris wrote me a really lovely email where he said, you know. It, I know you're upset and I can tell you're upset because Chris knows me, you know, probably about as well as you do, Mike. Um, I know you're upset, but here's the thing. Just talk in and of itself isn't really that interesting, but you know, what makes a really good movie and a really good TV show. And in some cases, a really good podcast conflict and (laughs) whether or not you liked it, the showbot was conflict and it made for some interesting programming. So, don't get so upset about it. I mean, get upset because otherwise there isn't any conflict. And you, and I was upset. Don't don't totally mute that, but understand deep down that there you are doing the show a service by allowing it to happen. And that really changed everything for me. I think that should about do it for this week. I think so, Mike. We've got one in the bag. And now people can rag on it. <laughs> yep. And now come at us, haters. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, well, this is the first episode, hopefully, of many. And maybe we'll pull a bionic in at episode, what was it, 50, 51? 51. 51. At episode 51, it'll turn into complete, unintelligible, ridiculous awesomeness. But uh, we're only on episode one, so we got 50 more to go. I think that by now, you know, over the last hour or so, you can tell that me and Casey enjoy constructive feedback. So we would like that, especially with yes. a new show. And so yes. these are the ways that I would ask you to do it. If you have something just genuinely lovely to say, to say you've really enjoyed this show, 
do one of these two things. Tweet to us. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Casey is Casey Liss, C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. <laughs> Either tweet at us or leave us an iTunes review. That'd be fantastic. If you have something you think that we need to work on, tweet at us or email us. Does that sound fair? I think that's reasonable. And you know what? If it's constructive, you can put that in an iTunes review as well. But part, I think I speak for Mike in saying that it's a, we're going to notice it a lot quicker if you either tweet at us or email us. And so no, I'm going to say don't do it. And the reason <laughs> I say that, no, the, the reason I say that is because that has a negative effect on us. Like get, having a, a negative iTunes review has a negative effect on the show itself. Mm-hmm. If you have something you'd like us to work on, then email it to us because then as well we can have a conversation yeah. about it. I would prefer that. If you really want to leave a negative review, if now maybe you especially want to leave a negative <laughs> review, that is completely your prerogative. I'm just as uh, human to human asking that, you know, you, you would, if you have something you want us to work on, then, then give it to us in a way where we can talk to you about it rather than just throwing it into a bottomless pit. But it's completely up to you, however you want to do it. And, and I will at least, I'm at least happy that you listened and got this far. Yep, I completely agree. And that's the thing is that, I mean, even if we see negative iTunes feedback, I'll, I'll look at it and I'll take it to heart. But I can, I can tell you with, with absolute certainty that tweets and emails I take a lot more seriously because that's someone who almost always has identified themselves and said, hey, as, as Casey... I'm telling you, Mike, that you need to work on this. And yeah, so I'm I take that very I'm much more willing seriously. to work on it if, if somebody says it like that to me. Exactly. If I get one of those, if I get it in that sort of channel, I agree completely. Like iTunes reviews, I barely look at, like I look every few months and kind of just like collect them up because it's not that easy to do. Um, and, you know, and then I kind of like, they kind of, I kind of brush them off a little bit if they're bad. Because mm-hmm. it's like, uh well, that sucks. Let me read the next one. Yeah. You know, I'm able to kind of brush those off a bit as well because there is like, there's no face there. You know, it's just like this kind of like podcast hater 24, <laughs> you know? Righto. And uh, do we know where we can find the show notes yet? Yep. It's uh, relay.fm slash analog, A-N-A-L-O-G-U-E slash one. How come you won that one? Because it's the name of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also the correct way. Ah, there we go. All right, Mike. Thank you very much. And I will be uh, talking to you next week. Will do, buddy.